This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello Church, what a great uh, just opportunity to be in the Word of God and to spend time in the Word of God as we uh, continue this series a series on God and in, in the workplace his redemptive purpose in the workplace you know uh, especially as this two weeks we're going online again and trusting the Lord that everything will open up remember we are the church we don't go to church so church continues it doesn't close up when uh, we don't meet on a Sunday and that's why we need to get into the word and we need to bear one another's burdens and so we uh, here in the third session on God in the workplace. You know, Villa Mayer spoke and then Pastor Jan. And today I'm taking the session. Next week, Peter will be back after he had to isolate a while. I want to get very practical and share some testimonies as well today. Because I think one of the things that um, was spoken about is this whole idea that, you know, I'm not a minister in the workplace. Or that the people in the church are more spiritual than those that do IT or, uh, you know, do our professional sportsmen. No, we are all ministers of the gospel and we believe in the priesthood of the believers. That means that everyone has been placed by God in a sacred space. Uh, and that's called your workplace. We saw also that work is from God. Before the fall, it was instituted by God that every person should work and that there is worship. It's worship unto God. And so that's the place where God wants to use you. That's the place where he wants to use me. It's not just a result of the curse. God wants to redeem us in our workplace. Do you know how many hours we spend every work, every week in our workplace? More than 50 hours probably. More than what you spend at home. Uh, except now if you sleep. So I want us to start here in Luke chapter 2 verse 52 with Jesus. Uh, it's amazing how one verse describes most of his life, <laughs> you know, 30 years of his life. It says, and Jesus grew in stature, in wisdom and in stature, in favor with God and favor with man. Isn't that an amazing scripture? Four things that it describes to us about the life of Jesus of 30 years. He was a carpenter. We know that from a young age, he went to the temple. He was very disciplined in his life. And so we need to be disciplined. We need to know that work will create something inside of you. You know, and so the first thing that happened is Jesus grew in wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. How do I live life? How do I live the gospel? How do I live as a Christian with the knowledge that I have about scripture? How do I live it in my family, in my workspace? Wisdom and in stature. He grew naturally. He had to grow up as a man, just like all of us naturally being the son of God, but also the son of man at the same time. So Jesus grew, but then he grew in favor with God and favor with man. You know, it talks about a sphere of influence. It talks about uh, first a relationship with the father. That's how we have to grow spiritually with him, in intimacy with him, grow in the word, grow in, you know, our character. But then also in favor with man, meaning that God wants to, enhance and grow the area of influence in and through your life we're not talking necessarily about success about your bank balance but we're talking about influencing the environment the community that you're in now how does your street 
look differently because you're living there or your community that you're in. You are the light. I'm the light. You're the salt. I'm the salt. We're a city on a hill. And so uh, we have to grow. And so I remember uh, coming to varsity and studying B accounting. I just wanted to go up into Africa and uh, pitch a tent and preach the gospel. And then the Lord says, no, come and study. Uh, it was tough for me. I didn't like the studies in the first year, especially. And then the Lord says, hey, even your studies is worship unto me. And I had to change my attitude. And then when I finished studying, I thought, okay, now it's great. Now I'm going to go into the ministry. And the Lord said, no, go and work. <laughs> and uh, it was tough. I worked under a guy that was a, really a perfectionist and, you know, accountants and perfect, being a perfectionist as well, they give you all the grief, you know. And uh, so it was tough, you know. And I remember after about nine months, the boss called me in and said, hey, I'm going to fire you because your heart is not here. And I just had to pull up my socks, you know, and I started working hard. I started like focusing, not overworking, not being a workaholic, because we must be very careful that we don't become workaholics. But what happened is I had to change my attitude towards the position God has placed me and given me. You know, supernaturally, I actually got that job. It was like with a telephone diary, this big telephone diary uh, that was open. And there was a number on it that I just, the Lord just told me phone. And I phoned, phoned it and, and the lady said, hey, come in tomorrow for an interview. I'm going to give you a job. Just like that, over the phone. It was just miraculous, you know. Uh, so I knew God provided for me for that job. But I didn't feel like I was commissioned into that place. And that's why it was always like, yeah, yeah, finish the job and then the kingdom starts. But that's not the attitude God wants us to have. So I had to grow. And um, it was just such an amazing way on how God opened the door. Grow in wisdom, in stature. In favor with God and favor with man. But there's a couple of other things that I'm going to share some of these thoughts with us that we need to do in the workplace. Learn to live firstly in a consecrated space. To be able to grow in stature and wisdom, in favor with God, favor with man, we need to live consecrated lives. Don't take anything for granted. Because remember, at your spiritual place in the workplace is there's a spiritual war going on. Uh, I know a guy who manages a lot of funds in the Middle East. He's a Christian. And the first two people he employed was intercessors in his company. <laughs> he said, without prayer, nothing will happen. And so to consecrate yourself, Proverbs 16 verse 3 says in the following, Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Commit your works. We have to live in a consecrated space. Don't just go to work without Closing the door, I did that every morning when I worked as a financial manager. Every morning, just closing the door, praying for five minutes, consecrating it to God. Just say, God, this is your space. I remember we had this canteen area where lots of people could sit. But many of these people came to sit in my office and said, hey, it's so peaceful here. <laughs> it smelled like fish and chips all the time because there was a lot of people just coming in there. But it was such a blessing because the peace of God was in my office. And people that would walk in there, the burdens would be lifted. God would, would just do stuff without even me saying something. But every day I prayed on the way to work. I closed that door, consecrated, regularly took my office, took some oil, consecrated to God. Don't take anything for granted. Remember, there are unsaved people there, but there's also a spiritual realm. There's a war going on for the favor of God on your life and especially the influence with people. Um, it is very spiritual. The second thing that I want to challenge us with is in the workplace, remember 
The kingdom is about people. It's about influencing people. In John 3 verse 16, we know it. It says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, we love people because God loves people. That's what really makes the difference, you know, with many of the secretaries or people or even the mechanics that worked in this big company that I worked. You know what, what I did, I always asked them, how are you doing? What can I pray for you? I was ministering to them, although I was their boss, <laughs> you know, I realized like I, if I love people, their hearts will begin to open up. You know, in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 15, it says, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. The fragrance of Christ. We have the opportunity to release the fragrance of Christ. You know, in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says, We are a royal priesthood, a holy special people to do what? To proclaim His praises. So, when we live in this space that we know that we are the light, we are the salt. What does salt do? Salt makes people thirsty. Salt preserves. Salt adds fragrance, flavor to food. That's what, what our calling is in the job, in the workplace. But when we love people, when we pay attention, don't just do work, 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 work so that you can do be excellent. We have to be excellent. But it says, hey, be innocent in what is good and, hey, Look out, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves, you know? Be excellent in what is good and innocent in evil. So be excellent in our work. But work doesn't come before the people at the work because that's the area. That's your ministry area, you know? I remember I had a financial CEO and a couple of other people I had to report to. And one day I was w walking into the office and my ring on my ring finger just started to burn. I couldn't believe it. And then I walked out and then it was gone. And every time I walked into his office and it was at year end, so we were quite tense. Yeah, my ring, my ring on the ring finger started to burn. And then I just started to pray. I said, God, what is happening? I've never felt something. This is like supernatural. And then I felt the Holy Spirit said, no, he's in trouble with his wife. Um, and there's issues in his marriage. So here I go. I close the door, go into his office and he's sitting behind the office. And I say to him, say, let's use another name, Mr. Pitt. Mr. Pitt, you know, I, I don't know, but I know we it's a tough time now, but, you know, have you got marriage problems? Is there stuff in your marriage that I can pray for? And he just looked into his computer. I remember for, for it was probably 10 seconds. It felt like an hour. And then he turned to me and he, and he just, the tears started running down his eyes. And he said, hey, uh, my wife walked out on me this morning and said she's not coming back. Um, and so we could pray right there. It was a ministry opportunity, even when it was the toughest, you know, because we don't think that God wants to use us in our job, in our workspace, because, hey, the Holy Spirit is not there. No, no, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So remember, you are the fragrance of Christ. The, the next thing that I want to talk about is if we want to be leaders in the society, we need to, just like David, and listen to this in Psalm 78 verse 72, David guided the people with the skillfulness of his hand and the integrity of his heart. There were two things. So the workplace creates certain things. You need skills, but you also need the integrity of your heart. So guard the integrity of your heart. Never compromise. I remember just starting to work at that same place that I mentioned. And uh, the boss called me in and said, like, hey, there's a travel allowance and yeah, we all do it like this and you can save a lot of tax money. And I just said to him, no, I, I can't because I'm traveling to work. I'm not traveling for work. So I can't claim a travel allowance. And he was quite like, 
tense with me and irritated with me and he walked out of the, the office. But you know, that year I got around about five raises. I calculated it that I got three times more than what I would have gotten if I crooked the tax man. You know, because hey, integrity, you have integrity once. <laughs> once you lose it, it's gone, you know. So keep your integrity intact, you know. Let your word and your yes be yes and your no be no. That's what scripture says. Don't compromise. Don't do stuff just because the world does it. God will honor you and he will give you favor because you want first favor with him and then favor with the people around you. Don't compromise. God wants to use you. He wants to use your company in the way that you treat your workers. You know, is it better than the guy around the corner? Or are you just trying to, you know, get everything out of them and make them work over time? You know, they say that when people are inspired, they go much further, you know? Do we inspire the people around us? And especially if you're a boss, do you inspire people to go for God? Do you inspire people to work because they feel like, wow, motivated, you know? But if we motivate people by fear, and you know, something that happened to me in the workplace, uh, we were talking about the increases and all of that stuff. And then the company that decided, well, no, they are gonna tell everyone you have 5% increase per year. But then you have an interview with each one and you have to deduct at least two or three percent. So eventually you want to get to two percent increase, you know. And I said to the boss, that doesn't work. Why do we not give each one two percent and those who have outperformed give them extra, you know. But now you say like, oh, you've got five, but I'm deducting one because you came late for work. Another one because you can better this area, this area. People won't be inspired by fear. People get inspired when they see a vision. When they see the kingdom, you know, and so in your workplace as well, let's inspire people around us. Let's trust God for that. The next thing that I want to talk about in the workplace for you, remember, a life is about obedience. And so uh, you can't just get the next opportunity. Say, oh, oh, there's a great breakthrough in Johannesburg, so I'm going to go there, you know, or oh, there's a great breakthrough in that place. We don't go by open doors. An open door doesn't mean necessarily it's from the Lord. We need to pray about it. We need to say, God, where do you want me? What town do you want me to stay in? What neighborhood do you want me to stay in? What place do you want me to go and live? Because God, there you want to plant me so that I can flourish in the courts of the Lord. You know, so obedience is crucial in our decisions that we make for the job, in the job, and when we apply for a new job, we don't just go for the next breakthrough or the best opportunity. Many times, many times, I've even in ministry had times where people approached me and said, hey, come to this. And then, whoa, six months down the line, that whole thing derailed. If I went into that direction, it would have been a complete failure. It would have been a disaster. You know, not every opportunity is an open door. You know, I remember traveling with Tom Angus and we went there to Ireland and uh, they put some stuff on the itinerary. And Angus just said, no, he can't go there. He's not going to minister there. And then in the night, they approached me because they saw I was a pastor. And uh, it was such a temptation because it was a great ministry opportunity to go early the next morning. You know? And I just felt no, because the Lord said, carry his suitcases. You know, that's all the Lord told me. He says, don't minister, carry his suitcases at the beginning of the trip. So I had to be obedient. And I said, no, sorry. You know, it ended up that morning that that ministry became a disaster because some of the local people went to minister at that place and it would have been reflected so bad on um, Angus's name 
and I would have been the one that would have done that, you know, because it, it wasn't so much about the ministry, but the reaction of the ministry and it ended up in the newspapers. Fortunately, he was not involved, yeah, uh, but if I went as part of his traveling companionship, you know what? His name would have been in that newspaper and it would have damaged our relationship, but also the re relationship with Christ. And so I want to encourage us, not every door is an open door. Live by obedience. Hebrews 5 verse 8, it says, although he was a son, although Jesus was a son. So remember, obedience doesn't give you sonship. Obedience is an outflowing of sonship. And it's a sign of holiness, sign of separation, a sign of living in a different way. So although he was a son, he learned obedience to the things that he suffered. Hebrews 5 verse 8. The last thing that I want to just share with us, and that is be open to the working of the Holy Spirit in your workplace. Don't quench the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, when we um, pursue God and we're in obedience, you know, remember the Holy Spirit goes with you. He wants to give you genius. You know, the first people in the Bible that were spirit-filled outside of the kings and the prophets were artisans. They were people that would make certain artifacts. They were anointed to do that. So don't limit the Lord to prophecy prophecy and the gifts and just say, oh, that is just reserved for, you know, church on a Sunday or small group on a Wednesday or when I become very spiritual. No, every day God wants to use you, but also not just towards the people, but in your workplace itself, you know, thinking about stuff. I remember uh, I once was sitting in a, in a big meeting with a couple of CEOs and we had to like buy companies and so whoa i was sitting there and um so the the big boss came and in and he said oh okay um we have a problem and then he turned to me and he says yes how do you think we're going to solve it you know and i thought like oh my God. i was just praying in the spirit all the time and it was my worst thing because i didn't even think about how it and then suddenly it's almost like i got a download of how to do stuff and to connect the networks with each other and structure the companies you know, and so I was like speaking. I just started speaking, you know. And as I was speaking, I was actually making notes because I thought, like, wow, this is good stuff, Lord. This is really amazing. You know? <laughs> and the boss at the end said, like, wow, that never thought of that. That's amazing, you know. And I thought, like, yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> that is crazy because it's God gave me a download in that meeting with a bunch of CEOs. Yeah? I actually wrote it down and typed it out. I thought, like, before I forget it, let me just remember what, what happened here, you know. So there I learned that prophecy and the gifts and the, you know, remember the Holy Spirit in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2 says, is the spirit of wisdom, of understanding, of counsel, of might, of the fear of God, is the spirit of the Lord. You know, Penny Haynes, a uh, national swimmer that broke so many records at the Olympics, she said she wanted to give up swimming and then the Lord says, jump into the pool, but when you start swimming now, now worship me in the pool. You know, when she did that, she broke, I think, five records, world records within a week when she started to worship the Lord while swimming. Because, hey, He's the Spirit of might. He's, you can't switch off the Holy Spirit when you swimming for Jesus. <laughs> you can't do that when you're an engineer for Christ. You know, God wants to use you and He wants to give you ideas. He wants to give stuff, download stuff to you, you know. It's not, I'm not talking about fortune telling here, but you can ask Him, especially if your motivation in your heart is to seek the kingdom of God first. Where we, especially like in a nation like South Africa, we can employ other people. Do you know what a need that is? What a gift that is? How you can minister to people once you've given them a job? 
You know, what an amazing opportunity. This is the time for the church to arise, you know. This is the time for us to ask God, Lord, even when everything around us is changing, this is the opportunity for the church to stand up. This is the opportunity for entrepreneurship and the king, the king, the sons of God and the daughters of God to arise and to stand up. So I want to encourage you to not switch off your spiritual faculties when you get to the workplace. I want to pray for that, that you'll be bold where you go, even if you're working for someone. And sometimes it's difficult if you're working for an unsaved person, you know, but still love them, pray for them, submit to them and trust God, you know, that you will grow, you know, and then set proper boundaries. Yes, you know, I had a guy that wanted to give me just more and more work and I said to him, no, no, sir, I, I can't. Family first, you know, and God honored me in that also. So uh, there are going to be seasons where you work very hard, where you just have to grind it, you know. Um, that can't be the normal, but God wants to use you so that you can have a platform. I think most Christians should have their own businesses, yeah. Huh. Not just work for somebody else for the rest of your life because you want freedom to employ people, to bless people if you're called, especially into the business world. So let me pray for you that God's anointing will be on your life, that He will increase your favor with Him and with people and you'll grow in wisdom and stature. So Father, I want to thank you for this time together that we could spend, Lord. I pray for everyone that's listening, Lord, that there will be a boldness, a confidence to ask you, Lord, an ability to walk on water, where the world says we can't in this time, Lord, let your church walk on water, God. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, for a freedom to believe, Lord, in who you say you are and what you will do through us. Lord, let your church arise. Lord, come and build your church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.